Hello. Welcome to Supernatural Stories, the show where you'll hear real stories of the supernatural from real people all across Canada. I'm your host and producer of the show, Cal Goodbaum, broadcasting from my home in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Hope you enjoy the show wherever you are. Thanks for listening, leaving a review on iTunes, Facebook, or wherever, and sharing the show with your friends. This week, it's the lead-up to Halloween, but it doesn't really feel like it yet. Normally, there would be lots of parties and going to the movies, costume shopping. It seems that every year, Halloween had been getting bigger and bigger. This year, not so much. Hopefully, you've got the opportunity to trick-or-treat in your neighborhoods, but Toronto has been given the unfortunate news that we're under a sort of partial lockdown to avoid COVID-19. It's a bummer, I won't lie, but... Looking at it another way, this year could be very special. When you look back at Halloween's past, how many of them can you remember perfectly clearly? For me, it's a bit of a blur of parties and costumes and poor consumption choices. I think it's easy to say that this year's Halloween is going to be one we all remember for a very long time and tell future generations about. So let's make it the best Halloween we can. Buy yourself some candy from the convenience store and let's get started now with some Halloween stories. This episode, I'm just going to share some of my favorite ghost and haunted house stories from the show so far. I've deliberately picked a bunch of short, quick stories that hopefully you enjoy as much as I did. I've been slowly recording more new stories to share with you, but I figure with close to 20 hours of supernatural stories already in the books, it's a good time to look back. If there is one image of Halloween that leaps to mind for most people, it's that of the Headless Horseman from the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Here is a story from Blythe about a different ghost horseman. This incident happened about 20 years ago, far back. It was a beautiful summer weekend. Friends and I decided that we'd like to go down to Rice Lake and spend the weekend at... Hiawatha Reservation. They have an absolutely gorgeous campground. We phoned up and made reservations and we headed out. Spent that night just setting up. I think we were sitting around the campfire for a couple of hours, just chatting. We had a couple of beers, nothing. We were bored. It was an absolutely gorgeous night. Uh, clear sky, lots of stars. Maybe it was one o'clock in the morning. I said to my two friends, we've been here all evening, but we haven't actually gone up to see the mounds. The Serpent Mounds are very special, very old and spiritual place. Archaeologists believe that the very early Native people buried their dead. But uh, we were a little oblivious of that. Unfortunately, we, we decided, like, no, let's go up. Sort of egged each other on. Went up to the mounds, and it's very dark. No lights up there. And it's quite high. We got up to the top of the mounds. We were able to see Rice Lake right there. And the moon was shining over the waters, very silvery and pretty. Really beautiful and very quiet and still. And we were joking around a bit. And I think we even had a cigarette up there. My friends were sitting on the bench and I happened to be looking out towards the mounds, which were very dark, as I said earlier. All of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I saw something headed towards us. It could have been a woman, it could have been a man, on a black horse. 
racing towards us at great speed, brandishing some kind of a weapon in his hand. You could just tell <laughs> that whatever it was, it was very angry. Very long black hair streaming out behind as he rushed towards us. And all you could hear was the sound of, of hoof. When I saw this, I was absolutely terrified. And I just leapt out a huge scream and I pointed and my two friends leapt off the bench. We have to get out of here. At that point, all three of us were screaming. <laughs> Sounds impossible, but all three of us did see it. We just ran as fast as we could back to the campsite. We got back there safely. Obviously, nothing was following us. After we composed ourselves, which took a while, <laughs> we do, I just kept saying, did you see what I saw? We were just absolutely shocked and trembling. and It was just the most incredible thing I'd ever experienced, really. I, I don't really know of anyone else who's had that experience. The man on a horse. A man or a woman, it could have man been. Man or a woman, yeah. This summer, I was up in the Korthas, north of Rice Lake, visiting Petroglyph National Park, to be precise, south of Bancroft and north of Peterborough. It's a remarkable sight with ancient stone drawings. Just before you turn to get to the Petroglyph National Park, my parents have a small cottage on a chunk of land. Their cottage rests roughly halfway between the Rice Lake Serpent Mounds and the Petroglyph Park, so I was actually not too surprised to discover a piece of ancient stonework on the drive into the cottage. Who knows how many of these ancient stone monoliths and retaining walls are heavily covered in vegetation in the thick woods, waiting to be rediscovered. If you were to drive about two hours east of there, down Highway 7, you'd end up in Smith's Falls, Ontario, where this next story is from. When I was 12, we moved into what seemed like a really nice house. It was on a dead-end street, not a lot of traffic, perfect for a family with four kids. My parents moved into it because it was really cheap rent, apparently only $400 a month, which is crazy for a gigantic four-bedroom house. Shortly after that, weird things started happening at night at the beginning. We would wake up to our stereos turning on, blaring. My parents would always yell at us, thinking that we're turning our stereos on in the middle of the night. And then one day, we were all sitting downstairs, and all of a sudden the stereo turned on and just turned up full blast. We all looked at my mom and yelled, hold you so. That happened frequently, the whole stereo thing. But then one night, I was home alone with my friends. And I was like, okay, my parents are going to be home soon. I should probably go turn off the lights upstairs. They would be mad if all the lights were left on. I went upstairs, all the lights were already off, which I thought was kind of weird because I knew they were on. And then so as I was like glancing from left to right, I got to the right. And then all of a sudden, I saw this tall shadow figure just staring at me and of course I screamed I went running down the stairs and our dog went running up the stairs and would not leave the top of the stairs she just stood there growling and barking so I stayed downstairs waiting for my parents to get home and then my dad of course decided to play a little prank on us not knowing what had happened and banged on the window right beside us and scared the crap out of us oh my sister actually she told me that she saw the shadow figure as well one night she went to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and as she came out of the bathroom she saw this man standing at the top of the steps going up to the attic same shadow figure just standing there staring at her 
so she slowly went back into the bathroom thinking if she went back out he would be gone. He wasn't, so she ran past him just to go into the bedroom. I don't know if someone moved in shortly after us, because I'm pretty sure there was someone that moved in. But I know for sure it's still vacant, and it's been that way for years now. I'm pretty sure that whole block, actually, every single house has someone living in it. So that's the only house on that block that doesn't have anyone living in it. Oh, that place just creeped me right out. <laughs> Hopefully you're not too creeped out like Cynthia from Smith's Falls was, because now we're going to hear about another haunted house, this one from Lauren, who I spoke to from Winnipeg. I had moved into a house in Wolseley that had been split into a duplex. All of a sudden little things started happening around the house. Like I decorated the Christmas tree and I'm like, oh, I need more blue ornaments. Went to the store to get ornaments and came back and all the blue bows off the gifts were on the bottom half of the tree, but halfway up. And I just kind of stopped in my tracks and was like, I didn't do that. And then um, things happening like blacksmith nails showing up inside my boots, like not through the sole, but like in the shoes and stuff. One night, it was between Christmas and New Year's, I was sitting in bed looking through a magazine with the light on on the nightstand. I could hear all these noises coming down the hallway and I kind of froze. My mom had bought me a walk, and it didn't fit in any of the cupboards, so it was sitting on the stove, and I could hear it rattling on the stove. And all of a sudden, the doorknobs, which was open, started making rattling noises. All of a sudden, a little boy ran out past the foot of the bed, and I could see he had shaggy, wavy hair, and I could tell whatever he had on had a collar on it, and I could see that it was striped. And it was transparent but gray. And he just kind of disappeared off the end of the bed. Like once he passed the bed, he was gone. A few years later, when he started acting up quite a bit, I would see him all the time. In the middle of the day, I would see him run through a room and I'd shout at him because we had an agreement that he wasn't gonna scare me or show up or do things anymore. I had a boyfriend that stopped at my home when I was working out of town that heard walking above him and he came upstairs and he was like, hello? My friend Heather kept seeing him out of the corner of her eye all the time, and she's like, I keep seeing a boy with striped pajamas. When I went to my friend Christine, who's a medium, I asked her if there was anything in the house, and she said, the little boy, about five or six, wearing striped pajamas. His hair is you know, wavy and not short, but not long. And I was like, yep, that's him. <laughs> Let's go now to Winnipeg, Manitoba, the location of this next haunted house story from Holly Ann and Lily. January of 2008, we took possession of the property in Winnipeg on Cathedral Avenue. The house was built in 1923. Moving from Edmonton, we had never actually seen the house. We bought it online because the Winnipeg real estate market at the time was very competitive. It was exceptionally cold in Winnipeg with original windows and not so great with insulation in the house. My daughter Ella was four years old and my daughter Luciana at the time was about six weeks old. Right away the girls started noticing stuff. Every night it seemed at 11 o'clock my older daughter would wake up and come running downstairs. She'd often say that there's a lady in my room At first I thought she 
maybe just wanted attention, just wanted to be in my room or was imagining things or even dreaming. And then it became such a problem that she would just stay downstairs as the baby's room was finished. She would not sleep in her room either at night. And that became our normal. <laughs> Typically, it was just my girls and I in the house. My husband worked away in the oil fields. So he was in Alberta or Texas. We carried on like that for five years. We did extensive renovations. Seemed like just about anything that could be delayed or cause any problem would often happen with the renovation. We noticed there was a lot of cold spots in it. I had always said it was just the way Winnipeg was, but even in the summer, it would be just icy, icy cold. A lot of unexplained noises that I would blame on boiler heat or the house creaking and adjusting to the renovations that we'd done. Ultimately, we sold the house after living there for five years and doing very extensive renovations to it. And we've been back in Alberta for probably a month. Out of the blue, my daughter, who is now nine, looks up at the breakfast table and says, I haven't seen that lady for a while now. And I asked, what lady? And she said, the one who lived outside my doorway with the long dress and the old baby carriage. She used to walk the hall every night. She described this woman as being someone who appeared lost, not mean or spiteful or vengeful or anything, just very confused and lost and would stand outside the door and look at her. But she said there was another one in the hall outside my bedroom downstairs who was less of a welcoming presence, but equally as confused and lost. We were not the only tenants. <laughs> Did your daughter want to say anything at all? Just one second, I'll see. Hello? Hi, how are you doing? Wow, that's microphone. Hi, I'm pretty good. So I just heard your mom's events of all these spooky stories that happened when you were younger. Yes. And she said that basically every single night you would see this woman in a robe walking in front of the doorway of your bedroom. Yeah. She had, a, you know those old-fashioned carriages they used to carry children around? Yeah, prams. Yes. She was always holding one of those in front of her. Did you ever say anything to her? Did you ever try and speak to her? No, I was very, very scared of her. I would just try to hide. Where did you hide? Did you, like, hide in your closet? Always under the covers. Have you had anything else happen since then? Dreams. Like, I'm back there. Does that make sense? You can see her. It's like she's taunting you almost. your first time listening to the show and you'd like to reach out to share your own story you can reach me at www.supernaturalstories.ca which will take you to the facebook page or email supernaturalstoriescanada at gmail.com that's all one word supernaturalstoriescanada at gmail.com these stories of course are from people all across canada but if you're a listener who's international, you can get in touch with me too, and I'm planning on doing an upcoming special episode where I share those stories as well. Now, here's Bill from Vancouver, British Columbia. Yeah, 
I have actually run into one, two, three other uh, instances. One was an apparition of a couple of kids up by my elementary school. I was a teenager at the time. The other was a sensation as I walked from one room to another in a, a house I was staying in, that there was someone standing in front of me. And when I raised this with the person I was staying with, the next morning she said, oh, yeah, well, you know, you were wearing Mr. Singer's clothes to the Halloween party last night. This was his house and he died here. And uh, I went, well, no, I didn't know that. Maybe this is information I could have used yesterday. The third was, the third was an interesting one. I was uh, staying with a girlfriend. It was her last night in the home that she had uh, grown up in with her grandmother. Now, the, the grandmother had sadly deceased. Very last night I was there with her at 5 a.m. The window uh, rattled, I guess, and the, the curtains blew open and I felt a weight. The weight of a person lay down on me, pressed down on me. I didn't wake her. I didn't say anything. I remained absolutely silent. I didn't want to upset her. She moved house the next day. She actually moved into her father's home. And she called me the next morning after that and said, you won't believe what happened to me last night. And she described the exact same experience that I had had. Mm-hmm. So that was one of those, okay, separate instances, corroboration. I believe this. Yep. Very interesting. Uh, I never saw Granny, but I, I always surmised that it was Granny just sort of coming to say goodbye, checking on her granddaughter. You can hear some really amazing stories from Bill that he told about his time working in the Haunted Vogue Theatre in Vancouver. Definitely check out the episode on Haunted Theatres if you haven't yet. It's got great stories about many of the haunted theatres in Canada, and I hope to follow up on that theme in the future. All sorts of places beyond your typical home can be haunted. I think it would be pretty obvious that a place where lots of people all live, like an apartment or group living setting, would have its fair share of ghosts. Here's Hillary with her stories from a haunted nursing home. Okay, so I work in a retirement home where obviously people, residents, pass away fairly regularly. The building's been there for about 15 years or so so you know there's definitely some some stuff that goes on there it's fairly well accepted among the staff that there's a ghost that rides the elevators they just like randomly open and close and go up and down floors mostly at night i work in the laundry room in the basement by myself and it was just after three o'clock in the morning and the lights flickered in the laundry room Mm -hmm. And the elevators, they fell down to the basement level. They didn't go down gently, they fell down and dinged like the doors were going to open, but they didn't. And so I took my work phone, because we each carry portable phones at work, and I went to call the girl who was working up on the first floor, but there was no service on the phone. So I went upstairs to go find her. She had no service on her phone. The magnetic locked doors had all let go. This was all within 30 seconds of each other. Only the lights in my laundry room had flickered. The rest of the lights in the building stayed on. So we went to try and call the girl in the locked ward, and the phones were still out of service. They they were out of service for about 10 or 15 minutes. Then they all came back on. 
I'm just wondering, being as it's a nursing home, do you think anyone's died in the elevator? I don't think so. Like, it's possible that that has happened before I started working there. Just before the lights flickered in the laundry room and stuff, my anxiety skyrocketed. Ah, okay, interesting. And it was like, it was just before it happened. So then that that was what really made me feel weird. I know what you mean, because sometimes yeah. you get that weird, icky feeling out of nowhere, like you jump out of nowhere and then something happens. Yeah, yeah, that was what it felt like. It felt like it was directed towards me, which was really weird because, like, all I do is I go in, I do the laundry, I clean the basement, and I go home. I don't even really hardly interact with any of the residents. You know, when you hear about something happening in in a funeral home or in a... Sorry, not funeral. Oh, God, that was a bad Freudian slip. It <laughs> it. it <laughs> In a uh, retirement home or in a hospital or something, you kind of assume, oh, maybe the spirit of someone who died there is still there. But there's really just as much reason to think when something like that happens that there could be another explanation or another spirit who has come to the building or followed you. Right. If a place is haunted, has one or more spirits there, I feel like that then sometimes leads to other spirits finding that place to be a kind of a beacon. People will often go to like known haunted houses and try and perform seances. They'll bring Ouija boards or whatever. You hear many stories about people contacting other kind of random spirits when they're there. So it does make me wonder about that. Okay, so you think that it could be something from elsewhere came there? Could be just as much as something from there. I mean, when you, okay. when you look at haunted houses, you often hear about, you know, the specific people who died there and then yeah. the specific sightings of their spirit where it looks like them or sounds like them. But yeah. I've spoken to several people who have had experience with haunted houses and then they've also had experiences of spirits entering into haunted houses or as well as that things can be brought with objects So there's all sorts of ways that if there is a spirit that it can kind of come to a space. And you've never heard anything like sounds of anything in the building at all, have you? Um, honestly, I usually have headphones in when I'm working. Good call. Because I'm by myself. (laughs) So I don't hear a whole lot. I sincerely hope that you didn't have to spend any of the COVID-19 lockdown in a haunted house. But maybe the additional time off has led you to notice more things about your own house? The night before I recorded this, my fiancé saw a ghost in our kitchen. She just saw it from behind, through the window, standing over the sink where there were some dirty dishes we hadn't gone to yet. When she ran through the door back into the kitchen, the ghost had vanished. So she told me what she'd seen. And at first it gave me goosebumps, but then I got a kind of a warm, nice feeling that I can't explain. There are no warm, fuzzy feelings in this next story. Personally, the scariest place I've ever been was public school, so I get a chill from this haunted school story from Tara. I went to boarding school in a little town of, well, village actually, pre-late Saskatchewan. It was built in 1919, and it was run by the Ursuline Sisters. There were so many ghosts in the school, it was not even funny. 
I used to practice piano during lesser study. When I'd be playing, suddenly there'd be the saddest piano song I have ever heard in my life. And the first time it happened, I thought it was another girl that was playing. But when I went to go check, she wasn't there. And the music was playing. I checked all four rooms, couldn't figure out where this music was coming from. So I decided to go up to the auditorium, which was just above us, thinking that someone must be playing up there. Get up there, open the door, music stops. Round the corner, no one could have gotten away from the piano quickly enough to hide. And there was no one in the auditorium and the music just stopped. This happened quite frequently when I was practicing. I always went to go check it out, never found who was playing that song. One day I asked one of the sisters, the one that was in charge of the music room, and she told a story about how there was this one young girl who came to the boarding school. I believe she was from Mexico. She ended up joining the Ursuline sisters because she basically had nothing left to go home to. She missed her family so much, she ended up hanging herself in the music room. That's where I was hearing this song. The saddest song I have ever heard in my life. Finally, I just accepted that this is the way it was going to be, but at first it scared the living daylights out of me. You can hear the rest of Tara's stories about that haunted boarding school in the episode on haunted schools. That's all for this episode. No more stern warnings about COVID. I think you've all got the picture by now. No one died during the making of this episode, thank God. Everyone stay safe and healthy, but not too healthy. You should be eating candy after all. I'm a chocolate guy myself, but we all need an excuse for a candy apple now and then. But not candy corn. Although corn ice cream I can get behind. Keep listening to the show, keep sending in your stories, and keep telling people about the show. A final note on that, this show grows based off of word of mouth. It doesn't have a big budget, it's just me, so I appreciate all your help. I've gotten a lot of positive feedback on how the show has helped impact people. I really appreciate hearing that, and hope you keep enjoying the show. These have all been real stories from real people across Canada. Music featured in this show is by 23 and Beyond the Infinite with From the Future to You, Northern Haze with Kaina, Lucas Gonzi with Talk About Suffering, Audionautics with Sneaky Snooper, Acid Mother's Temple with Live at Mondi Hall Part 2, and Broke for Free with Night Owl. The rest were tracks composed by myself, Cal Goodbaum. Thank you for listening to Supernatural Stories, and thanks for telling your friends about the show and supporting a place for the supernatural in Canada. Please leave a review on iTunes or Google or Facebook if you like the show. I appreciate it. Get in touch with your true story at www.supernaturalstories.ca. Till next time, happy Halloween. <laughs>